turn in your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. We are continuing our series on the Beatitudes. Hashtag blessed. Our series through the Beatitudes. As we have gone through, blessed are the poor in spirit and those who mourn. Today we're going to look at meekness. Not a word we use very often, but it is the characteristic of every believer. We should be meek in how we treat others and meek before we come to God. Turn your Bibles then to Matthew chapter 5, and we will begin in verse 1. When he saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the humble, for they will inherit the earth. Let us pray. Dear Lord, despite my weakness, despite myself, I pray that you would speak to your people today. I pray by your power you would speak to your people through your word, and that in and through it we would be changed. Anything that I would say that is only from me, I pray that it is forgotten quickly, and anything from you would be seared to our hearts rooted so that it become we could become more christ-like we pray that you as we come you would reveal your truth to our hearts in jesus name amen i went to george washington carver elementary school in salem virginia that's where i spent my grade school years and as someone who was interested in history i wanted to know more about george washington carver Well, he was an African-American scientist who developed hundreds of useful products using peanuts. These included flour, paste, insulation, paper, wallboard, wood stain, soap, shaving cream, and even skin lotion. It was said because of his innovation that all throughout the South, more farmers produced peanuts. He also had a lot of innovations with sweet potatoes, as well as rotating crops. He told a story one time that he said that when he was young, I said to God, God, tell me the mystery of the universe. But God answered, that knowledge is reserved for me alone. So I said, God, tell me the mystery of the peanut. Then God said, well, George, that's more nearly your size. (laughs) Here's an example of someone who with great intelligence showing great humility this is an example of how followers of christ we are to be meek jesus is calling his people his disciples empowered by the holy spirit to be meek meek isn't a word that we use very often but it means humble or gentle and christ taught us to be meek and throughout the new testament meekness characterizes the Christian. Think of how Jesus gave this upside down world of characteristics. That last is first, giving is receiving, dying is living, losing is finding, least is greatest, poor is rich, weak is strength, strength, serving is ruling. These are characteristics of believers who are meek. I believe once that we truly understand humility and meekness, our lives will change, our relationships will change And the way that we see the world will change. Today, I want us to be challenged to rely on the Spirit of God 
to be meek because if we do, Jesus promises we will be blessed. So I want to think about three truths about those who are meek. The first is this. The meek are not weak, but is strength under control. The meek are not weak, but is strength under control. The Greek adjective, praeus, means gentle, humble, considerate, or courteous. Let us be clear from the outset that being humble or meek is not to be a pushover. It's not to be lazy, but instead strength under control. Let's look at how the Greeks of that time used meekness. They used it to describe a broken colt. Think of it, an unbroken colt is unuseful, cannot be used in battle, cannot be used for farming, but but a broken colt is useful. A gentle breeze cools and soothes. A hurricane kills. Meekness is the opposite of violence and vengeance. You know, it's kind of how I wrestle with Franklin. Franklin and I love to wrestle father and son. But if I were to use my entire strength, our entire weight on him, I could greatly hurt him. But instead, I hold back. Sure, I still razzle-dazzle him with a few moves, but I would never hurt him. I still fling him around, but he goes unharmed. Strength under control is knowing that you have power, rights, or preferences, but you lay those aside for the sakes of others. It is the realization that I am nothing except for Christ's work in me, and therefore I submit and serve others. Martin Lloyd-Jones wrote about meekness when he said, The man who is truly meek is the one who is amazed that God and man can think of him as well as they do and treat them as well as they do. I would put it this way, we are to leave everything, ourselves, our rights, our cause, our whole future in the hands of God, and especially if we feel we are suffering unjustly, he writes. There is no greater example of meekness to a Christian than the life of Jesus. He is truly one who you cannot say is a pushover, and also when he was suffering unjustly, did not retaliate. One who was not weak or lazy, Jesus, in that respect of his own person, he practiced neither retaliation or vindictiveness when he was mocked and spat upon. He answered nothing. As we noted, when he was confronted by Pilate, he kept silent. When his friends betrayed him and fled, he uttered no reproach. When Peter denied him, Jesus restored him to fellowship and service. When Jesus, Judas came to, and kissed him in Gethsemane, Jesus called him friend, and he meant it. He was never insincere. Even in the throes of death, hanging on the cross, he pleaded, for God, God forgive them, for they know not what they do. But in all of Jesus' meek and mild, he was under control. He radiated power. Yet when it came to matters of faith and the welfare of others, Jesus was a lion. He rebuked the Pharisees' hardness of heart when he healed the man's withered hand on the Sabbath. He was angered when his disciples tried to prevent little children from coming to him. Jesus made a whip and drove the money changers from the temple. He called Peter Satan after the outspoken fishermen tried to deter him from his heavenly mission. All of this came from Jesus, the incarnation of gentleness. Here's the key. Jesus trusted everything, not to himself, 
but to the sovereign hand of God. He didn't need to feel like he had to seek vindication. He didn't act like he needed to be justified. Instead, he knew God was the great justifier, that God was the great judge. First Peter 2, 22 through 23, he's, it was said of Jesus, he did not commit a, commit a sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When he was insulted, he did not insult in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. No, friends, Jesus is no tame lion, but a meek one. So should we. So therefore, number two, the meek are humble and consider others as more important. The meek are humble and consider others as more important. Meekness is poor in spirit and mourning on display in our relationships. It's an outward display of these. As we said, the Beatitudes are not a willy-nilly order. Jesus did not just pull these characteristics out of a hat and then include them in his message. He had a, a thought process, an idea of how this would go. The initial steps begins with the first beatitude, be po poverty of spirit. It comes with a true knowledge of ourselves to realize there's nothing within us that would commend us to God. We fall short. We need God. Therefore, those, this leads other, those to mourn who are emotionally grieved because of indwelling sin within us that makes us helpless and unacceptable to God. We grieve our state and how our offense is to an holy God. But this drives those who mourn and those who are poor in spirit to be meek in our relationships. Meekness is relational. Disciples of Jesus release the glory that they think about themselves, which helps them to think more highly of others. Please don't think of this as me saying that we should think less of ourselves, but instead thinking less about ourselves and more of, about others. This takes power and change of God through His Spirit. It takes to be meek like Jesus. Philippians 2 is a great snapshot of this when Paul writes, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility. Consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look not, not only for their own self-interest, but also for the interests of others. Adopt the same attitude that is Christ Jesus, who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he came as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on a cross. Brothers and sisters, it is Christ in whom we are like, who, being like God, considered others more important. He set aside his godness to live a perfect life, to serve and care for others. And this is the true countercultural heavenly living that we are called to live. This is not natural. It is not easy. Why? Because we think our rights, our preferences, our causes trump everyone else's individually when someone sees things differently we think well if you just don't see things my way i'm just going to be angry when others speak harsh or attack us uh, we want to retaliate how much more difficult it is 
for us to allow others to say things about me when we already think bad about ourselves. I instinctively resent it. We all of us prefer to condemn ourselves rather than allow someone else to condemn us. So we are quick to judge, quick to act, quick to fight back. And unfortunately, this has infected our churches as well. And our churches all across the country. Christians value their own preferences of music, their own preferences of programs, their own desires over the gospel of Jesus Christ and the Great Commission. Dr. Tom Rayner observed that when the preferences of church members are greater than their passion for the gospel, the church is dying. Jesus says to the church in Revelation, you have lost your first love. To the world, those churches, church members are saying to the lost world around them that I care more about my comfort than you going to hell. But Christ not only commands us, but gives us the ability to be meek. Think how freeing this is. Think what a change that God loves you and forgives you and has met you in your incompleteness that now you are free to love others how God loves them. Goldie Hawn was on The Tonight Show a few weeks ago. She was reminiscing uh, about her coming to fame. She recalled her great rise to fame, which many of us, including me, never got to see the laugh-in show. Uh, she became an instant success story at the age of just 22 or 23. When asked how did she deal with it, she said, well, I learned that everybody sees you from their perspective. They don't see you. They only see how they project on you. And it helped me not to buy into love or buy into hate or buy into bad reviews or even good reviews. I just put one foot in front of the other and lived my life. Can I tell you that she almost gets it here? She's almost to the truth that we have as Christians something that's even more free than this type of thinking. As a Christian, we're all concerned about how others see us, but as a Christian, we're more concerned about how God sees us. When God sees us, he looks at us as clothed in Jesus' righteousness. He looks at us with beauty and joy and loves us unconditionally. So when people hurt us or people think less of us, it doesn't matter because God loves us and so we can serve them. Or others might think that we're so good and so perfect and look up to us and instead of getting a rise out of it or getting a big head, thinking we're better than others, we are reminded that we are so unlovable in our sin that I am better than no one. That I can serve and love everyone because God loved me despite my sin. Isn't that free? Those who are humble and meek then see themselves through the eyes of God and are free to serve and love each other. So what then? If we live this way, what does meekness get us? What is the reward of always putting aside our preferences? What is it always the reward of thinking less about ourselves and serving others? Well, finally, the meek will obtain the reward of God now and forever. The meek will obtain the reward of God now and forever. Verse 5, blessed are the humble, for they will inherit the earth. What's the result? Only the meek inherit. The, the Greek means to receive an allotted 
portion. What Christ means here is that when you enter the kingdom, when you come into the original inheritance of dominion over the earth that God gave to Adam, the meek who understands that it is only God who saves them regains paradise. The people in the kingdom shall inherit the earth. The only person who enters the kingdom are ones who are broken over their sin and not the ones who think they have no sin. Is this not the gospel? Is this not the gospel that all have sinned just like Adam and Eve? We are not all allowed back into the garden. We are not allowed into heaven because of our sin. But the truth of the gospel is this, that Jesus died paying for our sin through his death, burial, and resurrection. And those who repent and believe, trust only in his work, are saved. Then we get the portion. The meek inherit the earth. We get the garden. We get heaven for all eternity. So those who are meek will be content. They will be content because their ego is not so inflated and thinks that he must always have more. Because besides, in Christ, he already sees himself as possessing everything. Again, Paul writes in Philippians chapter 4, I don't say this out of need, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I find myself. I know both how to make do with little and I know how to make do with a lot. In any and all circumstances, I've learned the secret of being content, whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need. I am to, able to do all things through him who strengthens me. So we don't need more friends or people to think highly of us or to have more stuff. We are content because we know we don't deserve what we have. We also know that forever we will enjoy the riches of the new heaven where we will reign and rule with Jesus. One day he will come into his fullness of his inheritance. Then we, we will find this beatitude fulfilled most literally. Fifty billion trillion years into the eternity, God's people will still be rejoicing that this beatitude is literally true. In a new heaven and a new earth that we have gained an inheritance, they will be grateful that by grace they learn to be meek during their initial 80-so years here in this earth. So in the midst of even in the darkest trials or suffering, a believer in Christ, a follower, a child of God can say, what did I do to deserve this? I've done everything to deserve this. My sin has only deserved me pain and suffering. I'll actually never get what I truly deserve, which is death, hell, and destruction I'm only going to get better. I'm going to get God's gifts, and God will never take away his gifts. So no matter what suffering, trial, or pain we, we have, a believer in Christ has a reward of knowing that their full inheritance will come in Christ Jesus. A meek person is someone who is never able to feel sorry for himself or herself again. Brothers and sisters, be meek. And you inherit the earth. Taylor University is a Christian college not too far from here in Indiana. Years ago, they were pleased to learn that there was an African student named Sam who was going to be enrolling in that school. This was before a time where this was a lot more prevalent now than it was then. And so the president of the university took him on a tour, showing him all the the facilities, took him on the tour of the dorm, and after it was over, the president asked Sam, where would you like to live? The young man replied, if there's a room that no one wants, give me that room. 
president turned away in tears. Over the years, he had welcomed thousands of Christian men and women to the campus. He had heard from thousands and thousands of parents, and none of them have ever made such a request, if there is a room that no one wants, give that room to me. Friends, that is the kind of meekness Jesus talks about here in the Beatitudes. If there's a job no one wants to do, I'll do that job. If there's a kid that no one wants to eat lunch with, I'll eat with that kid. If there's a piece of toast that's burnt, I'll take that piece. If there's a parking space that's far away from the church, I'll park in that space. If there's a service time that's less convenient for people, I'll worship at that service. If there's a hardship someone has to endure, I'll take that hardship. If there's a sacrifice someone needs to make, I'll make that sacrifice. Today, are you meek? Maybe you're struggling about thinking and serving others. Maybe you're self-focused in many ways. Brothers and sisters, you don't need to leave here today. You need Jesus. You need to trust, repent, and believe in the work of Jesus. Repent of your sins. Be meek knowing that there is nothing in you that is good and that only in Christ can you be saved. Believer, you need to look at Jesus and what he has done for you and let it drive you to humility and meekness as you deal with your spouse, as you deal with your co-workers, as you especially deal with those in the household of faith. Brothers and sisters, let us be driven to meekness. Blessed are those who are humble, for they will inherit the earth. Let us pray. God, we ask you, as we have read your word, make us to be like your son, Jesus. Though greatness and glory and honor is all his, he came in the form of a servant and died on the cross for sinners like me. I pray in the same way that we, in all humility, would seek and follow him. I pray that those who have been prideful to not admit their sin and not admit their need for Savior, that God, through your spirit, you would convict, that you would bring to grief, and that you would draw them into saving faith in your son, Jesus Christ, that you would extend to them grace, and they, by faith, would trust your son, Jesus. God, I pray today that those of us who are followers of Jesus would be meek, and how we treat one another. May this be an example to those who don't know Christ, and may we seek to follow him. If there's anything that's in our heart that we're not meek over, convict us and help us to come to the cross and follow you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.